time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Morning, Simi. All right, let's talk tourism here because it feels like the discussion on this is getting louder and louder. Yeah, the discussion is getting louder and louder, but the dilemma is still there. And, it, you know, it's interesting over the 18 months that we've been dealing with the pandemic, how this argument has shifted around the border. Uh, uh, initially, uh, the Americans had much uh, worse case count than we did. Uh, they were lagging behind us in dealing with it. They had more deaths, more cases in Washington state. And the feeling here was very strong. There's no way we're opening the border. Well, then, you know, they they got ahead of us in vaccination rates, way ahead of us for a while. And it was kind of like, gee, you know, the Americans are on top of this thing. Maybe we should be opening the border so we can go down there and get vaccinated, if nothing else. Well, now, of course, as you know, Canada's catching up, has caught up, uh, gone from back of the pack in, among uh, the big OECD nations in vaccination rates to getting ahead. Now, there's still second doses and all that. But I think the debate continues. Uh, I do think it's a genuine dilemma for, for governments. Uh, Premier John Horgan has said, you know, B.C. was the first province to ask Ottawa to close the border, so we're not going to be the first to ask them to open it. But yeah, the tourism industry is counting on it. Um, I don't envy the Prime Minister the decision on this one, because yes, he'll consult business, and yes, he'll consult the provinces, but at the end of the day, it's a federal call, and I know the Americans are pressuring him to open the border. Yeah, I know. I do feel like that's getting louder and louder, but you know, from what we've heard, nothing is going to change, right, about BC's timeline, about the way we're going to reopen. No, uh, I don't think it will. Uh, we certainly are, so far... M- clearing the hurdles that we have to clear and there's still the open question about the delta variant and you know if you've been following what's been going on in the uk uh you can see how quickly how quickly variants can put you back into a fairly high state of alarm about transmission rates so i don't as i say i don't think it's the BC is any rush on this, but uh, the BC government that is. But I certainly have to understand uh, the tourism industry. They've been hanging on by their fingernails for over a year. And I think a lot of them have probably persuaded their bankers that, you know, just hang in there a little bit longer. Don't foreclose on us because we're going to be opening up. Uh, American tourism is critical to the BC economy, especially. And without it, at some of it this year anyway, I think there's a lot of businesses at the brink. I think that is so true. Um, let's talk about a little other political stuff here, too. Is there somebody else jumped into the B.C. Liberal leadership race? Tonight at 7 o'clock, we're getting a virtual launch on a Facebook page. Michael Lee, he's the oh. second term Liberal MLA for Vancouver riding. Uh, he ran for the Liberals last time uh, before anybody out there says Michael who. He ran for the Liberals last time and he finished third despite being a, you know, a rookie MLA. So he did well. He's jumping in again. If you go on Twitter, I think you can find a, uh, a video of him already jogging to the start line. So a <laughs> major launch tonight. They're promising something a little different. I, just launching on Facebook is different enough for me. But uh, anyway, uh, the field is widening. I think Kevin Falcon, the former cabinet minister, is probably still the front runner there. But uh, Lee is best positioned to probably to give him at least a bit of a challenge. And that race will be getting underway. Um, 
It's a long race. The Liberals aren't scheduled to vote on this till the new year. And we've talked about this a bunch of times. We're still in the pandemic news cycle. It's very hard for the opposition to get any attention on anything. It's hard for the news media to get attention on any stories that don't say pandemic in the lead. Yeah, that is still the case. Also, like Michael Lee, his profile hasn't exactly been high profile the last little while. You know, it, it is interesting. I mean, as I said, this is a guy who clearly has designs on a leadership, and for a, a rookie MLA, ran a, a, a capable campaign last time. He, you know, he finished ahead of of two cabinet ministers, so or two former cabinet ministers. So he he, he ran well. Um, he's probably, I think, would be fair to say, been more active outside the legislature and in uh, his community uh, than he has been in the legislature. He's not had the kind of high profile there uh, that some of the other MLAs, uh, liberal MLAs, who aren't running for the leadership have had. So uh, an interesting guy. I don't think he's well known, uh, but this is his chance. uh, You know, get to know me. So maybe this time he'll work a little harder at the public profile than he did last time. Yeah, a lot of work on that one. I want to talk about your column from yesterday, too, because just the headline alone, Vaughn, I thought was really something. Uh, NDP lobbies its majority for permanent party subsidies from the public purse. How is is the NDP lobbying itself? (laughs) So the annual subsidy for political parties in the province, which is based on how many votes they got in the last election, and it's currently $1.75, is scheduled to expire next year. Premier John Horgan promised it would only be temporary, and the expiry is next year. So a legislature committee is meeting right now to decide, in fact, they've got an in-camera meeting on Friday to decide whether or not to recommend that it should be extended. Um, The committee has been holding hearings, and the NDP lobbied, that is the party, NDP party officials lobbied, The committee, which is, of course, dominated by New Democrats because they're the majority government, lobbied the committee to make the subsidy permanent uh, or to recommend that the subsidy be made permanent. The recommendation would go to the legislature where the NDP is the majority. And if the legislature, dominated by the NDP, were to extend, make the subsidy permanent at $2 uh, per vote, which is the recommendation, um, the NDP would get the most money because they got the most votes in the last election. So I think it's fair hmm. to say that the NDP is lobbying the NDP for more money for the NDP. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's funny, but also, I don't like this. This doesn't, this doesn't sound good at all. Well, you know, the problem with a taxpayer subsidy for political parties is it's a lot of money. At $2 a vote, the NDP would be getting $1.8 million a year from taxpayers. And yes, the Liberals would get money less because they got fewer votes. And the Greens would get money less because they got fewer votes. So that's the deal. The real problem here, Simi, is when John Horgan was asked about this before the 27 election, that this is what he was planning to ban union and corporate donations and replace them with a taxpayer subsidy, he flatly denied it. He said, that's just more alternative facts from Christy Clark. She's making stuff up again. I've never said I support taxpayers coming in and bailing out political parties. Hmm. As soon as he became premier, he did it. And he covered himself by saying, 
well, it's only temporary. Well, now his party is lobbying his government to make the subsidy permanent. So whether you like the idea or not, and I, there's an argument out there that, you know, the other places subsidize political parties, so we could do it here. The real problem is that the Premier's been playing bait and switch on this yeah, for that is, that's four exactly years it. and counting. That's exactly it. I don't have a problem with it, actually, because it does limit kind of what you see in third parties and, you know, all that stuff getting involved in elections, but it's the way it has been yeah. done that doesn't quite sit right. And let's not let let the Liberals off the hook on this, because if you think the NDP is hypocritical on this, try the Liberals. They said that what Horgan did on this was disgusting, but they managed to swallow their... After voting against the subsidy, they managed to swallow their disgust and cash the checks when they started arriving, <laughs> because the Liberals need the money more than the NDP. So... Don't be too surprised if when the word comes out of that committee on Friday that it is recommended that the subsidy be made permanent, the Liberals do the same thing. This is shocking, appalling that the NDP would do this. Uh, but I think we need the money. We're going to cash the check anyway. Right. <laughs> I love politicians and political parties. Uh, it's, at one level, they're all the same, you know? It's good that you say that after all these years of still covering them, Vaughn. So good for you. They're still, they're still amusing you. You're finding things to laugh oh, yeah. at after all this time. Yeah. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.